M S W Media. Hi, I'm Francis Callier. And I'm Angela V. Shelton. And we're Frangela. You know what you need in your life? Hmm. The Final Word Podcast. Yes, you do. That's right. It is the final word on all things political and pop cultural. Where we make real news real funny. Where we inspire you so you can hashtag resist. Subscribe and get a new episode of The Final Word Podcast each week. It's the news we think you need to hear. That's right. We think you need to hear it. Okay. Yeah, it's what we say so. That's right. And because all we do is give, every Thursday you can listen to our hysterical podcast, Idiot of the Week. We round up the stupid because you know what? Somebody has to. Okay. All we do is give. Hey, everyone. This episode contains brief discussions of sensitive topics, including suicide. Please take care when listening. The way I'm on the edge of my seat. We're in podcast land. We are oh here. God. Welcome so back. We you don't know the journey we have just been on, you guys. That was, <laughs> we bonded. This friendship is forged in the fires of hell. You don't even know. <laughs> Welcome back to Teacher Quit Talk. I'm Braz. I'm Redacted. And, and our guest is... Glitterbeard. Woo! Woo! Welcome! I'm so excited that you're here. And if you're on YouTube, you see that Glitterbeard has a fantastic background. So professional. Just really coming on and saying, fuck y'all's equipment and fuck y'all's background because mine is going to be elite. Mm-hmm. Showing <laughs> us up. I love it. Someone though. called it the Eptop background the other day. <gasps> okay, yeah. Can we just start recording at your house? <laughs> So tell everyone a little bit about yourself. I found you on the TikTok and became quickly obsessed with your energy. Oh tell everyone. So who are you? Who are you? Where'd you come from? I am Glitterbeard. I was a middle school math teacher. Specifically, I taught eighth grade for eight years, except for COVID year. Um, like not the send home year, but the next year. I was a science and social studies teacher for eighth grade. Huh, interesting. Well, my degree is actually in middle school math and in middle school social studies but that year they were going to have me split with a first year teacher and have me teach math the second semester after her like take the math kids from her and then she teach science and i teach social studies and i was like you know i'm already up creek without a paddle so just throw science now i'm not certified but neither was she so we made it (laughs) you're like two teachers zero certifications who will win yeah i was certified to teach social studies and i was like i mean if you want me to but girl this is election year so go ahead (laughs) and i had to teach the electoral college and i was like "Mm, let's go for it no one said anything. I but. hate teaching the electoral college because all the kids get so mad. And I'm like, it's literally not my fucking fault. Okay. Like, I'm just trying to explain it to you. And it's not mm-hmm. my fault. And I remember when January 6th happened, my kids were on Twitter and I didn't have cell phone service because my phone always sucks. And they were like, misredacted. They're like attacking the government right now. And I was like, stop trying to lie and get me distracted. First of all, I need you to stop getting me off tasks. I do it enough myself. And then I left and saw my phone and I was like, oh shit, they like weren't being dramatic for one in their lives. They weren't just talking shit. That was a 
crazy day. It was. I remember just sitting there watching and me and my husband were home and we had it up. We had the um, whole thing up on TV and I was like, I think someone just ran in there. And he's like, no, they didn't. I was like, <laughs> me and your husband are the same. We're like, yeah. that's impossible. Relax. We were sitting there watching it and I was like, no, there's somebody in there. I, somebody in a hat that's not supposed to be there is right there right now. And he's like, no. And then the news just cut like, out. That's not Nancy Pelosi. No. <laughs> that's not her. Nancy Pelosi is not present right now. Nancy Pelosi is an underground bunker. I would give anything to have been a fly in the wall of that bunker because that was the parties mixed together. Imagine how awkward the energy of the bunker was. Imagine Marjorie Taylor Greene and Nancy Pelosi just chilling in a bunker together. Oh my god. Meanwhile, the president was choking his secret service in a limo somewhere. <laughs> what a day. G- grabbing the steering wheel, throwing him off the road. So, who knows? So... So in um, the lovely coronavirus year, you're uncertifiably teaching social studies. Yeah, so we did that. I kept telling my principal, I was like, hey, you know what? If you get any phone calls, you signed up for woke history. So Mm -hmm. I'm just And judging by your accent, it sounds like maybe that could be an unpopular history to Mm, teach. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Well, we made it. We survived. Yes, we did. We survived. Well, what do you... So what made you leave? (laughs) So uh, just a lot. A lot of things happening. So there were like a series of events that led up to like my final straw breaking. Lack of mental health services Mm. was probably number one. And that was never my number one issue with teaching until last year. I had a class. Six were on suicide watch. (gasps) Yeah. Two that attempted at school. One attempted multiple times. The one that I had attempted multiple times was also a runner. Oh, my God. That in itself, that one single situation was a lot mentally. Because they would either sleep the whole class or they would be up and moving and you didn't know what was going on. So you had to keep an eye on them the entire time because you never knew what was going to happen. Some days, nothing would happen. Some days, they'd be up screaming in your face and run out the door. And then the safety plan was to run after them. What are you going to do with the rest of the kids? Hope they're sane enough to stay there for a minute. Oh, the person that made that safety plan is like, no, no, you misunderstood. The rest of the kids are sitting down when this happens. (laughs) So it's fine. The rest of them are sitting there doing everything they're supposed to be doing. I yeah. can't yeah. even. You know, with those type of situations, too, unless you have parents 110% on board, it moves at snail's pace, and we didn't have that. I had had the same administration for the majority of my time there, and there was, like, a shift. Mm-hmm. And I don't know exactly what that shift was. I have an idea of what that shift was, but there was just a shift. It seemed like there was pressure being put on from somewhere. Mm-hmm. It just, things just were out of control, it yeah. seemed like. So, like, that constant anxiety pit. Also, just dealing with children stalking other children. What? Mm -hmm. Redacted, you're nodding like this is something that is a thing. I've never dealt with a stalking per se. I love teaching high school, but one of the challenges with it that I think is also present in middle school is you have a lot of kids dealing with adult problems and they're like against each other and it's really hard to like love all 
your students and do all these things when you see these very real adult level problems happening between each other. Like I had an incident where a lot of students were sending around nude photographs of a girl at the school and it was just like so difficult to see like kids that I loved doing something terrible. Kids that I loved having their privacy violated in this way. Like it's just really awful to deal with kids adult problems because like you're so in the middle of all of it. It's very heavy. And what I've seen too is even though I was in the classroom for eight, nine years, there was a huge shift, not just in the last three years, but even in those first five. One of my principals told me he was seeing what used to be high school problems were becoming middle school problems. And then the high school problems were problems that were very adult level problems that nobody was equipped to deal with. You had kids running off into bathrooms, hooking up. You had one stalking. And then if they weren't getting the attention from the person that they were stalking, they would threaten self-harm. And mind you, this is all just one class. That was just like the mental weight of it all. And then, you know, parents on top of that, then you've got other parents that are being threatening. I took a kid's phone. They were told, uh, oh, he'll get in more trouble than I will. About you? Yeah. And I did. No. Oh, my (laughs) God. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. No. So (sighs) final thing for me really was I was signed up to teach summer school because, you know, kind of have to. Yeah. I've always. I've taught summer school. Every year. Multitude of times. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know about where y'all are, but here summer school was paying with big COVID money Mm -hmm. this past. Oh, I was raking it in when I taught summer school. I was working four days a week five hours a day and my paycheck was about the same as the regular school year paycheck. Yes. Yes, with like seven kids premiere. <laughs> because then the kids that want to be assholes just get sent home for summer school. They're like, oh, this is optional. Just go. I've never had an experience that made me laugh so hard in my life than I did summer school teaching. I had this one kid in my class. And the way that we did it is like I was the social studies teacher. And any social studies class that you failed, I could teach it. So I would just like give them independent work because it was a very mixed class. And this one kid, I don't even remember. Like he had missed the first day or so. And then he came in, but he kept falling asleep and he was being on his phone and not doing his work. And I was just like, dude, you have four hours that you have to be in this room with me. I'm giving you an assignment that'll take an hour and a half. You already failed this class once. Like just from the jump, it was like really not working well. And he like got really mad at me and was like, fuck this. I'm not even doing this. I'm just going to take the online class and stormed out and left. And he had no idea that I was also the online teacher and all those Zoom kids were on my computer. So then the next day when he logged in, he opened it and it was me. That's perfect. And I was like, here's your same assignment because you didn't finish it. Here's your same assignment. Thanks. What did he do? He just logged off and left. <laughs> and then I called his mom. He was also sick. So I was like, my friend, it's Cornova virus. Like, you can't just be here and be sick. And then she was like, he had missed the first week. And she was like, oh, he was gone because we were at a funeral. It's always a funeral. And I was like, I'm so sorry for your loss. I have all of his assignments. Don't worry about it. He can do all of them when he comes back. Like, we are A-OK. And then he came online. And then when I called the mom and I said, like, hey, I know he's sick and wants to do online. I'm also the teacher for online. And then she was like, he doesn't have COVID. He got sick while we were at the beach. And I was like, the funeral was at the beach? And she was like, yeah. Oh my god. They were sending the body out to sea redacted. <laughs> so it was Viking a Viking funeral. funeral. 
exactly. And then he stopped showing up to the online class and I reached out to the mom over text one or two more times and she wasn't responsive. That happened with a lot of the kids who were doing summer school for world history because that was the ninth grade class. And I think that they just like weren't quite there yet in terms of their educational goals because really the only kids I had that did pass summer school and all you had to do was to show up and do the assignments. I literally, if you turned it in, I would pass you. All of them were in either 11th or 12th grade. None of the younger ones, except a few, were really ready to go for it. Oh well, gosh. I was signed up to teach it and it was supposed to be like five grand or something crazy for like uh-huh. the four weeks. And so they come out the last day of school. Summer school supposed to start the next week. They come to six of us at our site and say, oh no, actually there's a math training that we want you to go to that's for two weeks uh, at this other school on the other side of the district. It pays about $2,000 less, but you're required to go to it. And I was like, we had the same training five years ago when we adopted the curriculum. They're like, nope, it's a different training. I was like, okay. I don't think it is, but whatever. So the six of us banded together. We were like, well, we're not going to go to either. So if you won't let us teach summer school, we're going to not go to your training. We're going to say, fuck it all. We're not going anywhere. They were like, okay. So then I sent an email and I was like, so I'm just, I'm just trying to understand. You're saying that you would rather leave the summer school unstaffed you would rather us just not attend your training and it starts next week like to me this just seems like a pissing contest you're just trying to shove your authority in so we ended up going to the other math training because (laughs) 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 i mean it it was still two thousand dollars to sit at a training incredible i even told my principal the day that all this is happening they're about to fuck around and find out they're about to fuck around and find out she went well you gotta do what you gotta do and i was like okay so I got hired at my job the first day of math training. So math training was a breeze. I kept going, I don't have to do this, so that's fine. You were like, Twitter is hilarious right now, in case any of you were wondering, as I sit in the corner on my phone, right? having the time of my life. And it was great. You're like, I might go hit my vape pen in my car later. <laughs> <laughs> like, the way the training worked is they went over the curriculum the first week, and then the second week, they're like, oh, we're going to cut out math from summer school and only going to offer it at the math training training camp. They're going to bus kids from all over the district. One of the largest districts in the state. They're going to bring kids from all over. So they then had us teaching lessons from this scripted book. They broke it up into two classes. So we had two classes of about four kids a piece with five teachers per class teaching, teaching a scripted <laughs> curriculum. And I'm sitting there like, what is happening? This is wild. You're like, maybe education isn't underfunded. If we can afford to bus people from all over this godforsaken county for them to sit here with a five to four teacher to kid ratio. And I just sat there and I was like, and they they were like, um, so do you want to teach this part of the lesson? And I was like, no, no, I'm good. I don't need the practice. You do because you're gonna be here, but I won't. So I played SEL all week. I was like, we're gonna make our own brand. We're gonna make our own logo. We're gonna do this whole logo design project. Ooh. None of them did it, oh. but I was like, hey, you know what? I did my part. There's only four of them, and they just were like. Like, no, I'm gonna just hang They're out. Like, no, we're just gonna sit here. And I was like, you know, me too. Can't force you. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm here doing. You're like, honestly, valid. And even then, you know, with middle school kids, we still had drama with eight kids there. Nuh-uh. Oh, yeah. oh my god! Somebody told somebody's mama was a hoe or something. I don't know. My class that had the most drama ever was my class that had 11 kids in it. My first year teaching, I had a class of 11. It was 
my gifted class. And I think part of the reason that they had so much drama is because it was a very small school. So most of them had had all their classes together for three years so far. Yeah, they knew too much. It was like siblings. Like literally one of them would like body slam the other one. Oh my God. Like they were, it was so dramatic. I feel like when there's more kids, they kind of realize they need to simmer a little bit. But when there's eight of them, they just like thrive off each other. Well, and when there's more of them, they can split off into different little little groups. Yeah, that don't talk to each other. (laughs) Exactly. But when there's 11 of them, there's not really much that they can do. Like if they get pissed off with someone, they don't really have anyone else to go hang out with. Mm -hmm. No. But to me, that whole situation was just like, you know when you have those like real realization moments where you're like, Mm -hmm. wow. And then all of the bullshit floods back into your brain Mm -hmm. from the last eight years that you're like, oh, they did that to me. Oh, that's right. They did that to me. Mm, Got it. After all of that, that was my final like, they don't care about me and they don't care about what's best for kids because in the end that was my like most teachers guiding principles is like we got to do what's best for kids and that wasn't it we were like you would rather understaff this entire program and have all your people circling around just so you can say that we did what you told us we had to do right it's a power Um, struggle yeah and i was like fuck that i don't need to be in the middle of this so they fucked around and they found out so i left good for you yeah so that was summer of 21 or 22? 22. This is my first year I didn't go back. Did anybody else leave? Several have left. We're, I mean, there, we're having a, I mean, like everywhere, but we're having a very mass exodus. I think since mm-hmm. February of 22, the school I was at has had, I think, 11 people leave. And wow. they are a staff of less than 40. Ooh, it's very telling. And I just know that because I know people that are still at the school that I taught at. But I know that there's people, like, I mean, all over the state, they're short Shortages everywhere. Did you teach at the same school the whole time? Because you said you taught for like eight or nine years. Yep, I taught the same school, the same grade level, and then just that one hiccup year. I taught eighth grade math, advanced math, and inclusion math. I feel very inspired by math teachers. I think teaching math is a very difficult burden to take on, and it's not one that I would take on, but your work is needed. I will tell you, and no hate to history teachers, that was such a good year. (laughs) After teaching math, teaching history for a year or for a semester, it was good. Yeah. It was a good time. History is fun. it was, a, it was fun. There is a lot of good materials out there. There's a lot of stuff that's already like differentiated out for you out there. The freaking National Archives website where you can get differentiated analysis questions. Mint. Incredible. Yes. I like teaching history because I feel like a lot more kids like history. And even though I like math, I wouldn't like teaching it because I feel like it's harder to rally people to get into. Yeah, well, that that's was always my biggest irritation with teaching math. The mindset around it was like, I always hated when we would have meet the teacher night before school started and the parents would be like, oh, I was never good at math. So little Sally is is mm, not. I literally would have been like, yeah, if that's your attitude, little Sally's never going to learn to fucking add anything. So shut it. Yeah, I'm taking over. I'm sorry <laughs> that you couldn't do math. What the <laughs> hell does that have to do with Sally doing math? It's not math isn't genetic. Like <laughs> The same people that would come into my classroom and say that would then be like, what's this new math shit. This is trash. Oh yeah, I can't do any of this common core math. And it's like, the reason, for me personally, the reason that I couldn't do math in school is because it didn't make sense to me because I was missing the number sense piece that's taught in common core. Like, when I found out how common core standards lend themselves to this depth of knowledge versus like rote memorization of essentially gibberish because I don't know what the fuck they're talking about, so I'm trying to memorize 
memorized formulas that like to me don't make any sense when i figured out number sense it was like magic uh-huh. i was like blown away i was in college me, yeah it was those education math classes yeah. when i had to like explain why something happened yeah. like mm-hmm. i had one class which i fucking hated this class but it made me a better math teacher but i fucking hated it because her premise of the class was i want you to walk away from here and never have to answer it just works that way because it does right. or like that's just the way it is and so we would have to write papers like five pages long which doesn't sound like a lot but when you're writing about five pages about why you flip and multiply a fraction that's a lot that's that's crazy a little bit yeah a little bit but no i agree that was what i would tell people all the time i was like you know you don't know how to do this because you didn't learn it this way but when i started getting kids especially the last couple years i'm like these kids have been doing math this way this whole time but when you tell them oh i wasn't good at math so you're not gonna be good at math there's no reason for them to try because you've already given them an out you've already given them an excuse and i can't fight that battle yeah and what's the attitude when they go home and they're like hey i'm struggling with this whatever their parents are just gonna be like writing them off already but god i used to ball doing math homework like i used to have panic attacks math is like a very triggering subject for a lot of people a lot of people math will get people from zero to 100 but not in a good way but why are they so attached to the standard algorithm version of math then like that's the thing that gets me it's like you're triggered by math but you don't want it to be taught a different way to maybe help the next generation of mathematicians you just want to be pissed like that's kind of how i feel about it well i think that a lot of the people at January 6th would have been very upset with Common Core Math. I think they were very upset with Common Core Math. I think they were very upset with Common Core Math and I say that with my whole chest. I think that was the first thing that pissed them off in the alt-right pipeline (laughs) snowballs from the anti-Common Core Facebook groups. I agree because they have an unwillingness to change Mm -hmm. and they have an unwillingness to go against what we've done and I hate that well it's always been done this way. Well it sucks. They have this mindset of they don't know how to do this new math. It's not new. No. It's just unfamiliar to you. My theory with the people hating common core math, because I'm definitely not an expert in it, but the examples I've seen, I've really been behind because I'm a very visual person. My boyfriend was talking about this the other day because he like does numbers for a living and he was saying it was like weird to him that when I do math in my head, I envision like blocks and like moving them around. Like that's the way I make sense of numbers is like mm-hmm. an object. And I think part of the reason people are so hesitant to common core is that like in their heads they feel like they do know math and it makes them feel like they have to go back to square one and their like triggered reaction is them feeling infantilized like I think the equivalent is if you like tried to convince someone that they were illiterate like they would be like I'm literally literate like no I'm not I think that's why they get so like weirded out and frustrated I feel like it's that and it's just a basic lack of understanding what we're trying to show them connects to what they know and that was one thing I always tried to do I was a strong um, proponent. I hated homework. I never gave homework. (laughs) I said, fuck homework, because if I can't teach you to do it in 90 minutes, I'm not going to send it home with you. And then you practice it wrong for six hours and then come in pissed off. So I was never about homework, but I always gave independent or partner work time at the end of every class. And whatever you didn't finish in class, you had to finish before the next day. I was the same way. Yeah, that was just my way of trying to get them to, if you're going to sit there and talk the whole time, that's on you. I would always say, if you want to waste your time, that's between you and future you. If future you is fine with 
with you having to be reading about World War II at 11 p.m. That's between you guys. So I don't care. And then chances are you're probably still not going to do it. But I gave you the opportunity. <laughs> what do you do now if you don't mind telling us? You don't have to. Oh, that's fine. Okay, so what I do now is hard to explain. I have a fake job, too. It's fine. So I work for a food purchasing company. We don't handle food in any way, but we are kind of like a membership group. I work in the hospitality wing, so I work with hotels and country clubs and resorts and that type of thing. So they come into us and they say, hey, I just opened this new hotel in Palm Springs. I take the hotel information, I load it into our system, and then I send out stuff to a bunch of different suppliers and I set up all their accounts on our end and then I make like a little web page that I send to them and they say okay here's where you all order all your stuff. Oh that's kind of fun. I think I have cried on the phone with someone who works for a similar organization about basil and mint leaves for a bar. So Probably. These are the kind of jobs I love when I find out about people's jobs where you're like yeah someone would need to do that. I always make the joke we all have fake jobs and I always say like if money didn't exist would your job exist and that's how you can tell if you have a fake job or a real job and your job is kind of real because it's food. Right. So, like, we deal with, like, big companies like Cisco, like, big food manufacturing distributors. I deal with a lot of data entry, data analysis, and a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Math. I do little <laughs> math, actually. Excel is math. Excel is math. Excel is a completely different fucking world. Mm-hmm. And the girlies that know how to use Excel will excel in life. I love Excel. I would love to know Excel. I didn't realize how much I loved Excel. When I worked in a nonprofit, I was an executive assistant and I feel like most of what I did was sit and look up Excel formulas and figure out how to like auto-populate shit. Oh, it was beautiful. But you know what? I'm just going to nerd out for 2.6 seconds. Yeah. You know what changes the game? Huh? Chat GPT. My work just did a thing about oh Chat GTP. We have to use it at work now, and it's low key like saving me a lot of time. And I feel like I'm Xenon. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, zoom, 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 making body go <laughs> boom, 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 supernova girl. I sing it all the time. It changes my life. You can type in like, I want to have cell A, add to cell B, but take off the last three letters, and then I want it to be all capitalized and bolded. And then it's like, oh yeah, here you go, and it gives you the whole fucking formula. I need to start using it for that because what I use it for is I do like sales enablement for real estate agents so they'll send me an email and be like how do I change my email signature or something and I'm too lazy to type out an explanation mm-hmm. so my management did a training on chat GTP and told us to start using it for stuff like that just so we can answer things faster mm-hmm. and like not have to waste time answering like really remedial questions like that but I didn't even think of her power with Excel. Excel is insane. I also love it for for when I'm really irritated and somebody has emailed me something and I'm like, I emailed you that last week. You should have already seen it. I don't know why you're emailing me at 4.55, but you need to get it together. And I'll type what I want to say into chat GPT and I'm like, I need this email to sound completely professional. Oh. And it's like, bam. I want to do that, but the reverse. Fraz knows the kind of emotional tension that exists in my workplace. Yeah. My current strategy at work, if anyone also gets yelled at at work, what I always do when people are 
are being mean to me over email is I am like so aggressively nice to the point that it's very obnoxious. So if you're like being mean to me because your computer isn't working because you haven't updated it in three years, I'm going to reply and be like, I want to offer my deepest and most sincere apology that you are experiencing this right now. I am so sorry. I am not able to do more from my end to help you and just get so aggressive with it that you know they're reading it and they're like, okay. Uh I had to do that once when I spelled this. I thought this lady's name was Adrian and I was deep in my soul thought that her name was Adrian and her name was Arlene and I was addressing all of my emails to Adrian and she finally emailed back and was like, that is not my name. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And I had chat GPT write a very thoughtful apology. (laughs) That one came straight from the soul. You really meant it. I was like, I need to apologize to Arlene, not Adrian. (laughs) Please write this in a very, very nice email. And it does. I use that shit every day. It is worth the $20 a month. I need to start using it more. I always forget to use it. And then in moments like this, I realize I should be using it. I just need to get in the habit of it. Always. Because I'm sitting there all the time and I'm like, oh, wait, why am I sitting here trying to figure all this out? I'll just ask it to do it. And it does it. I am obsessed. I used it today to write 20 quotes about teacher burnout. And then you can use it to make like a little Instagram post. Now that I'm not in a constant fight or flight, I can use actually creativity. Imagine that. Coming home and crying every day. I was going through my old TikToks and I was like just seeing how miserable I was when I was totally burnt out and like losing my mind at that job last year. Oh, it just was such a dark time. Someone, it's been happening a lot lately that I don't know why the algorithm is doing this to me, but people keep like liking or commenting on videos of mine that are like a year and a half, two years old, and they come up on my notifications and I click it and I'm like, who the fuck is that? She looks really unwell. Like someone should check on her. She looks like she needs like water and a hug. I was talking to my husband about it because my husband's a teacher. He's in a very different situation though. He is a high school art teacher. He teaches only upper level ceramics and sculpture classes. Oh, so like you had to fight to get in the ceramics class. All those kids are like, this is my chance to shine. Like they're excited to be there. He teaches that and he teaches like a leadership class that does like prom planning. Oh my God. He's in a very specific role and he is You golden. mean to tell me that children are more enthusiastic about hands-on arts and crafts and leading their own enjoyment activities than government-issued math lessons? What? Imagine. Yeah, that is what I'm saying. <laughs> but I was talking to him, I was like, I didn't realize how mentally unwell I was until I wasn't. Like, I would try to go to therapy. I think I didn't find a good therapist. I felt like she was reading questions off of a booklet and I was in there answering them and I was like, Okay. But until I wasn't in a constant like anxiety state, I didn't realize how fucked up I was. Well, for sure, the thing were going on in your class, they were hard on the students, of course, but like also very difficult for you as a teacher and your colleagues. I'm sure that that was a really, really difficult time. I remember when I first started my new job, my boss me and him were like it was just like a one-on-one training and he goes at the end of the day it's just numbers and if you mess up nobody's gonna die and i said that's very different than what i'm coming from because literally if i messed up somebody could die and i don't think that people think about that when they're thinking about teachers and they think about like this one little scope of what they think we are but i don't think that people realize the amount of pressure that there is some decision or something you overlook could be life or death more often than people ever think i was at a pd and people were like caught off guard by what i said i guess i'm a little weirded out because we were all going around the room and saying when you walk in your classroom today what's your number one priority and i said safety i said 
at every moment in my classroom, safety is number one to me. And they were like, you teach high school. What are you talking about? And I was like, if you don't have safety, you don't have anything else. And as soon as you stop thinking about safety, that's when things start to happen. So like at the end of the day, we all can think what we think about the subject you teach, the grade you teach, whatever. At the end of the day, you're the adult in the room and you're responsible for the safety of all of these people. And that in and of itself is a whole job. Yes. And we can say what we feel about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like I understand that some people are like, I don't know about all that. But if you do not have emotional and physical safety at the very base of that pyramid, there's no learning that's going to take place. And that's what I was really struggling with last year was every five seconds, some kid punching a kid in the face, some kid bringing a knife, some kid bringing a BB gun, the threats, like all of the things that were going on in my classroom. It was so chaotic in there all the time. I couldn't teach. They couldn't learn. It was very difficult. So I totally am with you on that. Like safety is number one. For you to not feel that you had that glitter beard, I can only imagine being like, okay, if a kid runs out of the classroom, I have to follow them because they could literally die if I don't. And I was on the second story and we had like a little balcony right outside of the room. We had to pull a kid off of the balcony. I don't think people really understand the level of fucked up shit that teachers experience. I think they think the worst thing that we see is like, oh, little Susie has a bruise on her arm and we need to take it to the social worker. That is light. (laughs) That is Diet Coke compared to... That's a tame Tuesday. That video that's going around of that kid that punched that lady in the back of the head for taking his switch. I got into it with people on on Twitter about it. People were like, yes, but what about the incidents leading up to this? How did the child get into this? Is this a substitute teacher or a regular teacher? We really need to be asking these questions. And I'm no, like, we don't. why are you asking that right now? Who are you? And they're like, sorry, Fraz, I love your content, but these are really important questions for us to be asking. No, and I'm like, not. are you a school leader at that school? Why the fuck are you posting that on Twitter? She flies through the air and lands on the ground as unconscious. And this kid punches her. I count at least 18 times. Not to mention, everybody moved in slow motion. The man doing the mar- recruiting? The man in the ROTC stuff coming down the hallway? Did the girl in the backpack that paused and looked and then kept but walking? she's a child. She turned around and she looked around and she said, it's not for me. I would love every kid to make that choice. If you, whenever kids see violence, I'm like, just t- leave. Just leave Walk the premises. Away. If you see people being violent. They should. And, okay, that, good. I didn't realize. But that guy comes around the corner and he's Whoop. like, there's nothing blocking him. Can we get a little pep in our step, people? This woman is unconscious from the rib. The one lady's standing so far away and just being like... There was one lady that runs in. I think she has red hair. Yeah, the lady in like the jean jacket at the beginning runs in, but she runs up and then you can tell she gets there and realize she's like not equipped to handle that situation as one person. Yeah, I mean, he's like, I think they said 6'7", 270. Like, that's a grown-ass man. And then as he's being carried away, he spit on her and said, he's coming back to kill her when he gets back to school. Mm -hmm. Like, that video doesn't surprise me. People are like, oh my god, that's happening? And I'm like, yes! Yeah. All the time! I was hurt when I was pregnant. My first teaching job, a kindergartner pushed me down the stairs. And I went to the office and was like, this kid pushed me down the stairs. And they were like, yeah, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm all right. But are we concerned? They were like, yeah, we'll let the mom know that that happened. And I was like, okay, thanks, guys. Bye. I always love the, oh, oh, it's rough. It's rough at home. So we can't. There's nothing we can do. And everybody's like, well, they can't restrain the kid, which is true. 
Well, that shit was fucking crazy. We will get back into more crazy shit after a quick word from hopefully someone that's giving us money. Amen. I had a kindergartner. He had some struggles and he was destroying the classroom. It was one day when I was barely in my room because my my kids had to be evacuated. He ripped all of my bulletin boards apart. He took milk and threw it all over the classroom. He took all my math manipulatives and threw them over his head. He took the trash cans and started throwing them and then he left. He rips everybody's bulletin boards in the hallway. He goes upstairs and he goes into the fourth grade classrooms and the second grade classrooms and then he tries to jump off of the balcony I was not gonna let somebody's baby throw themselves off of the balcony I just said nobody nope we're not gonna do that and I just put him back and I said let's sit down so my principal says don't touch him and I said fire me what do you want me to do you weren't doing common sense in education just goes out the window so many yeah. times. We're like, mm-hmm. I get laws are here to protect us. Laws are here for a reason. Yes. But there's been times where you've been in a situation where you're like, this is where we're at right now. What about the Good Samaritan law? Right. If you do CPR on somebody who's unconscious, like you're not going to be prosecuted if for you break giving them. Yes, exactly. You should break a rib in CPR as someone who's CPR certified. If you're not pressing hard enough, they ain't breathing. Break if them ribs. If my baby is being hurt or is in danger and some Somebody does not help her, stop her, like a life or death situation like that. This same child was trying to run into the street at one point. I wasn't there. But what are we going to do? You're going to let somebody's baby go into traffic? Absolutely not. That's what everybody was saying. Well, that's a student. They can't restrain him. So they're trying to all there's seven people there around her trying to conjure assistance. I've been in that experience with like fights before because like middle school boys, especially I would never break up a middle school girl fight. No, I that's how you get cut. Security guards got hurt pretty bad breaking up a fight between two ninth grade girls. I felt really bad for him. He's fine now. The two times that I can remember, one of the two people fighting was getting wailed on. Not fighting back, hands overhead, but just couldn't get out, couldn't get away. And my big ass self, I bear grabbed the kid and ran just to like get them away but then the fucked up part is is as soon as I put them down I'm sitting there thinking shit am I gonna get in trouble Um, I never did it's an emergency like you just react you don't have time to sit there and weigh out what's going on according to section bc3r i am not permitted to like section bc3r (laughs) yeah and i do understand like being certified to restrain is there to protect students i know that there are incidents where it's been extremely inappropriate and i get that i do but like there are those incidents where it's a red alert like we gotta something has to happen now yeah and i don't have time to go through the protocol of A through Z. I can't call somebody on the walkie. I don't have a walkie. Right. I can't get out my phone, whatever. My whole high school teaching career, the panic button in my room didn't work the whole time. From the day I entered that classroom to the day I left, bet you money, it still doesn't work to this day. I had a door in a brand new building that wouldn't lock all the way for like two months. Our building, there was an issue. They did the locks backwards. So you would have to go in the hallway during a lockdown to lock it. So the solution was you take off your lanyard and you wrap it around the V and you pull it tight so that they can't open it. A lanyard 
is holding together the U.S. education system. Two things. You take your lanyard, and it can't be one of those cute lanyards. It can't be a breakaway lanyard. In case little Johnny like, wants to choke you out in the in the office, can't be breakaway though. What are we doing here? You have to wear a breakaway lanyard so that nobody chokes you. Hello? Let me write that down. Oh I've never even thought of that. Oh, maybe that's a more elementary school known thing. Well, I also, I got a wristlet that was too big for me, and I would keep it right here just because I didn't like the lanyard when I was walking. I love to feel like a teacher. My lanyard was my fave. I took my teacher lanyard and I made it my new office lanyard. So Ooh. I don't get the, the ugly gray ones that all of them have. I have my little breakaway one that has my college stuff on it. Best part of the job, the lanyard. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just in it for the lanyard. <laughs> I always had one that had like the little clip on the bottom where I could take the ID off oh, if yeah. I needed to and then like clip it back we on. We had them on little retractables. Oh, I love the little grabby things where it like zooms back in. Schools that have the little like swipe ins fascinate me because I've only ever taught in Florida schools and a lot of them are open air. So like the hallway is outside. So do we. But it's just fascinating to me that like anyone from the street can't just like walk on up in there. You mean you don't have gates? No. Redacted. We had (laughs) open air campuses, but we had ding, 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 ding. No. Are you shocked? (laughs) They had like big prison-like locks on them with like a circle with the keys. Like after hours, the gates would lock. This is the state that has no books in their library. Exactly. (laughs) One time, this was really bad, actually. This is like kind of low-key, not a laughing matter. One of my friend's students came up to her and was like, I think I saw something that I need to tell a grown-up about. And when a ninth grader says that, like, what the fuck did you see? If you need a grown-up, you need someone that's not me. I don't want to hold this information. (laughs) My boss is a grown-up. Go over there. (laughs) My friend was like, what? And they said that a person who was experiencing homelessness was just in the bathroom using the sink to clean themselves up. And I was like, oh, that's definitely not what this institution is for right now. How did that person get inside? They just walked right on in, you know? Oh, I love that confidence. He was like, oh, I thought this was like a public restroom. Like, I don't know if he thought it was like a park bath. I don't know. But I just remember that that happened like three doors down from me. And I was like, the fact that literally just a random grown man (laughs) walked into <laughs> because the AC was fucked up in the school, so it would always be like 50 degrees, so we would keep a lot of the doors open. And then parts of the school were outside, and then we didn't have like a sealed perimeter situation. That is alarming. Very alarming. Yeah. I didn't have open air. We didn't have all that free and openness. <laughs> but we do have one school like that, but uh, they're actually tearing it down right now. But <laughs> I think there was school, like one uh, architect that thought that was a good idea. And then now everyone was like, yeah, we fired him. It was in like the 70s. Yeah. We also have a school that has no walls. We had that. My friend teaches at a school like that. The zoo. Yeah. And you can just like peek over into the next classroom. Like I am one, too fucking loud. Same. Two, too fucking crazy. There's shit that I would say to kids and to people like that. Me and my kids, like when we're going and we're jamming, like they get it and we're just going. And I just say the random ass shit. And they're like, oh yeah, that's him. Uh And moving on. But if somebody else heard me say that, they'd be like, what the fuck is he? doing and we didn't have i think also people think that all these schools have like a little holding area holding cell area before people come in no this school was built in like 34 half the classrooms had toilets that were this big because they were like originally kindergarten classrooms we had no male staff bathroom (laughs) i love history 
history infrastructure. I fucking love when you can look at a building and see some fucked up shit about our country because of the building. But the female staff bathroom is a single stall bathroom and they still told us we couldn't go in. What are you supposed to do? I had to use a kid's bathroom. <gasps> That's not okay. No. <laughs> we would have to figure out where kids weren't going to be, like which hallway was like their specials classes and that's where you would go or get this year like two three of being here finally a custodian tells me that there's like the secret custodian toilet that is like behind the stage in the auditorium and he's like yeah there's no light in there but that's where we go to the bathroom and i'm like thank you also toilet was this big and i'm six foot five but people think they have those little is it called like a vestibule or like oh yeah the little yeah. area yeah no i would have a mama who would walk in with her little child every morning and just walk straight into my room and be like hello I'm like, it's so what? jarring i'm like who the fuck let you in how did you get here Good. i'm having my oatmeal right, like we're, yeah like i'm drinking my slim fast right now man what are you doing my school did have like a little area like we had a pretty big front office that had like a chair spot and we had a security person that would like give people visitor passes there i remember one time this lady i was like walking to get my mail out of the office and this lady was like trying to bypass that i don't know what was going on and i remember seeing our front office lady who literally was holding that school together i wish her all the peace love and joy in the world chasing this woman at full speed going ma'am you need a visitor's pass no doubt i have no doubt she was so stressed she was on a mission and she would always wear capris and keds in a school polo every day and just seeing like her with her little five foot self sprinting in that outfit i was like you get up i'm not gonna do it you go girl my favorite thing to do was just lock the doors and pull the shades in the morning the lights were not on if you knocked i was not coming to the door i don't care who you are how many times you knock i'm making my little tiktoks and drinking my coffee i had a sign on my door that was a halloween sign that said like the witch is in or on the back it would say the witch is out text her on remind (laughs) and very often i would turn my lights off and put the witch is out and be hiding in the corner where i was not visible through the window the fact that we aren't little co-goblins in a school is against the law it's a real shame my first classroom it was originally the library and then Uh. they took it and cut it in half and there was two classrooms but then they took the last third of my classroom and made it into teacher mailboxes and so i had a class that was 32 kids and we were in 15 feet one way and like 25 feet the other way and that was it oh no (laughs) it's giving sardine i would be knocking kids over left the desk could not move and i'm like having to shuffle to the sides to get in in between things we got a new school and we moved in and i was like oh my god everyone's like you're coming out of the closet again i was like "Mm, that's very nice No. I liked them at that point. It was acceptable. Oh my God. God. Would you ever go back? Yeah. Would you? If I were to go back, I would go back to the school that I left. Really? Mm-hmm. I loved the school that I was at. Yeah. I loved the people that I worked with. I loved the community that I was in. I was the cheerleading coach, award winning. Oh, no. Of course way. you were. Yeah. Um, I would expect nothing uh-huh, less. Yeah. Tumble or spirit? Tumble. Oh, tumble. Y'all were not fucking around. Oh, yeah. No, we were tumble. And I, I would have a squad of like 24. Four, uh, and I would have at least 16 tumblers. Like, we were the moment. legit. The school that I was at, they loved me. I loved them. 99% of the problems that I had were from upper administration. 
if I were like not in a position where I like needed a job desperately and had to go back, things that would be enticing to go back. I think teachers need double the salary that they make now. Mm -hmm. And I don't say that like, I mean, I'm talking about double. Add a zero. Right. I was an eight-year teacher with a master's degree making $43,000. I love my job and I do work. But I will tell you that nothing compares to teaching the workload to be as broke as you are to deal with as much shit as you do. Starting off teacher salary needs to be $60,000. And in California, it has to be much higher because our starting is it's 60. And it's the year eight for me that it, it just barely goes up. I remember seeing that I wasn't going to cross 50 until year 12. And I was like, this is just absolutely bananas that you just North Carolina caps you at 50. That like what? Why? Why? You don't reach fifty until you're twenty five, and then you're cat. You're done at fifty from twenty five to thirty. They don't pay on your master's degree anymore. They used to, and so if you had your master's degree before twenty fourteen, you still get a ten percent increase. The only way to get an increase on your salary is to be national board certified. That's why North Carolina has the most national board certified teachers of any other state. Yeah, because they basically fucking blackmail you into doing it. That's the only way you can get any sort of raise. So that would have to be one significant change because I'll tell you, if you can be a teacher, if you can be a semi-successful teacher, you can make it in corporate America. Absolutely. So many people in corporate America are so violently fucking stupid and I hope that they're listening to this. The way I'm currently doing the job of three people. I used to have three people and now there's just me and the same amount of work is getting done. That's how stupid uh-huh. other people I are. I cannot think of people that I work with generally that are very stupid. But that's just where I am. M- must be phenomenal. I also work from my home. My coworkers are my four cats. So, like, I communicate in email. So, everyone curates their thoughts before that's they send true. them. That's true. I'm in the office very close to a printer that's very old. So, I see people in very vulnerable states where they're printing things urgently and it's not working for them. I have a desk and a little cubicle and it's, like, all cute and everything filled with all of the school supplies that I bought over eight years that um, I was not leaving for shit because I was like, I bought this shit. So fuck you. I'm taking it. You mean like the dozens of markers in that closet? I want to go into the kindergarten classroom that I set up this year and talk to the teacher who I gave everything to and be like, so can I, can I fucking have that? I would say that I do half of the work that I did as a teacher with a hundred percent less stress. I got praised and I got a big shout out in a meeting because I send out emails and will ask questions in the emails that I need answers to. I was like, isn't that, isn't that what people do? Similar situation. I got praised because every time it's my turn, like we have shifts of answering the customer support line just so it's like not all on one person all the time. And literally my manager was like, whenever it's your turn, you help every single person that calls. And I was like, I thought that was required. I was like, not doing that was a choice. Yeah, I got a whole thing. They were like, if you have a question, you'll go directly to the source and email them and ask them. And we like that quality. And I was like, okay. The bar is on the floor. I love that. And and chat GPT wrote half the emails. (laughs) I love those little (laughs) robot bitches who do everything for me. I'm sorry. I probably have to cut this out because people will cancel me. But I had to write podcast descriptions. I simply stopped for about nine episodes because I just got tired of doing it. So I had a robot do it for me, and they are 
great. We love it. We love efficiency, which is not happening in the school system. No. There are no efficient practices. The school system is busing children to an off-site math camp where they're quadruple paying teachers while having too many of them where another facility doesn't have enough. That's the school system. While one of them who is literally (laughs) two feet out the door is sitting in the corner saying, don't ask me. I'm only here so I don't get fined. Is there anything else you want to tell the people? Any words of wisdom you have for them? Yeah. Guidance. They love advice. They love advice. They, they love, love advice. I love a good advice podcast. I think a lot of times that we are made to think that a lot of the feelings and trauma that we experienced in the classroom are not real or that we are over exaggerating what's happening because when you're in it you have to go into like self-preservation mode just like going on autopilot and not experiencing it but if you are I hate to say this lucky enough to be able to get out in some sort of way because a lot of people aren't lucky enough to get out a lot of people are stuck and have to stay that your feelings were real your trauma is real and the first way to get over it is to acknowledge it and to really be able to look at it and wow that was fucked up i look back at like my time and i loved every person i worked with in the building i was in and there were some situations that things were just like wow that was kind of fucked up and that's okay to realize you know we want to hold on to like the good mushy feelings of it all but your feelings are real and you're able to grasp them then you can really start to move on that is good advice i should go to therapy that is wonderful advice i went to two sessions so i'm I'm very pro therapy i think it's just really hard to find a good therapist yeah i live 0.3 miles away from my school and my boyfriend is so excited for me to move because I cry so often when I have to drive near it. Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. Oh, shit. <laughs> that uh. might not be normal. Glitterbeard Teach, thank you so much for being here. Where can the people find you? You can find me on TikTok, Glitterbeard Teach. I'm on Instagram, Glitterbeard Teach. And I think I'm Glitterbeard Teach on YouTube. Thank you so freaking much for being with us. This was literally so much fun. I feel like I started so sleepy and now I'm wired. That was great. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. I have to go make raviolis. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, Glitterbeard. Bye, Glitterbeard. Just as a disclaimer, because I am someone who is actively teaching, everything on this podcast is my personal opinion and does not reflect my district, my state, my employer, my students, or my admin. Everything on this podcast was recorded on personal time, on personal equipment, and is a completely separate endeavor from my school district. Yeah, leave her alone.